in the 16th and 17th centuries, suspicion of witchcraft was at its height. In England and other nations across Europe, there were trials and executions of suspected witches. Hundreds died in England as a result. Perhaps the most notorious witch trials of the 17th century, the legend of the Pendle Witches, is one of many dark tales of imprisonment and execution at Lancaster Castle. Just over three centuries saw witch trials held in England, but fewer than 500 people were executed for this crime. This one series of trials in the summer of 1612 therefore accounts for 2% of all witches executed. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark History Podcast. I'm Rob, your host as always. For episode 20 and the Halloween special, we're going to look at something that happened a mere 40 miles away from my house, and that is the Pendle Witch Trials. The trials of the Pendle Witches in 1612 are among the most famous witch trials in English history, and some of the best recorded of the 17th century. So without further ado, please sit back and relax for more dark history. Before we start, it's important to understand the background to the events of these witch trials and what state England was in when it came to religion. Lancashire, where our tale is set, had been regarded as a wild and lawless society, an area fabled for its theft, violence and sexual laxity, possibly related to the general sympathy with the Catholic Church. During the dissolution of the monasteries, by Henry VIII in 1537, the nearby Cistercian Abbey at Warley had been dissolved and the people of Pendle were less than pleased. But despite the Abbey's closure, the execution of the abbots and the seeming attack on Catholicism, the people of Pendle remained largely faithful to their Catholic beliefs and were quick to revert back to Catholicism on Queen Mary's ascension to the throne in 1553. The region of Lancashire was thought of as, where the church was honoured without much understanding of this doctrine by the common people. When Mary's Protestant half-sister Elizabeth came to the throne in 1558, Catholic priests once again had to go into hiding, but in remote areas such as Pendle they continued to celebrate mass in secret. In 1562, early in her reign, Elizabeth passed a law in the form of an act against conjuration, enchantment and witchcraft. This demanded the death penalty, but only when harm had been caused. Lesser offences were punishable by a term of imprisonment. The act provided that anyone who should use, practice or exercise any witchcraft, enchantment, charm or sorcery, whereby any person shall have been killed or destroyed, was guilty of felony without benefit of clergy and was to be put to death. Six of the eleven witches on the trial came from two rival families, the Demdike family and the Chattox family, both headed by old, poverty-stricken widows. Elizabeth Southern, aka Old Demdike, and Anne Whittle, aka Mother Chattox, Old Demdike had been known as a witch for 50 years. It was an accepted part of village life in the 16th century that there were village healers who practiced magic and dealt in herbs and medicines. The extent of spate of witchcraft reports in Pendle at the time 
perhaps reflected the large amount of money people could make by posing as witches. Indeed, it was a time when witchcraft was not only feared but also fascinated those from common village folk to the king. King James I had been greatly interested in witchcraft even before he took the throne in 1603, writing a book, The Demonology, instructing his readers to condemn and prosecute both supporters and practitioners of witchcraft. The scepticism of the king became reflected in the feelings of unrest about witchcraft among the common people, imposed on the law each justice of the peace in Lancashire at the beginning of the year of 1612, was instructed to compile a list of all those who refused to attend church or take communion, which was a criminal offence at the time. Many of those who subsequently became implicated as the investigation progressed, did indeed consider themselves to be witches, in the sense of being village healers who practiced magic, probably in return for payment, but such men and women were common in the 16th century rural England and an accepted part of village life. It was perhaps difficult for the judges charged with hearing the trial, Sir James Altham and Sir Edward Bromley, to understand King James's attitude towards witchcraft. The king was head of the judiciary and Bromley was hoping for a promotion to a circuit near London. Altham was nearing the end of his judicial career but had recently been accused of a miscarriage of justice at the York Azures, which had resulted in a woman being sentenced to death by hanging for witchcraft. The judges may have been uncertain whether the best way to gain the king's favour was by encouraging convictions. The story began with an altercation between one of the accused, Alison Device, and a peddler, John Laws, on the 21st of March 1612. Alison was either travelling or begging on the road to Torden Forest, past John Laws from Halifax, who asked for some pins. It's not known whether her intention was to pay for them or whether she was begging. He refused and Alison cursed him. A few minutes after the encounter with Alison Device, she saw Laws stumble and fall, apparently lame, perhaps because he suffered a stroke, but he managed to regain his feet and reach a nearby inn. Initially, Laws made no accusations against Alison, but she appeared to have been convinced of her own powers. When Abraham Laws took her to visit his father a few days after the incident, she reportedly confessed and asked for his forgiveness. When the incident was brought before Judge Noel, Alison confessed that she had told the devil to lame John Law. It was upon further questioning that Alison accused her grandmother, Old Demdike, and another member of the Chattox family of witchcraft. The accusation on the Chattox family seemed to have been an act of revenge. The families had been feuding for years, perhaps since one of the Chattox families broke into Malkin Tower, which was the home of the Demdikes, and stole goods to the value of a pound, approximately the equivalent of a hundred pounds now. Furthermore, Alison accused Chattox of murdering four men by witchcraft and killing her father, John Device, who had died in 1601. She claimed that her father had been so frightened of old Chattox that he agreed to give her £8 of oatmeal each year in return for her promise not to hurt his family. The meal was handed over annually until the year before John's death. On his deathbed, John claimed that his sickness had been caused by old Chattox because they had not paid for protection. James Dendyke confessed that Alison had but cursed a local child some time before 
and Elizabeth, although more reserved in making accusations, confessed her mother had a mark on her body, supposedly where the devil had sucked her blood, which left her mad. On April the 2nd, 1612, Demdike, Chattox, and Chattox's daughter, Anne Redfern, were summoned to appear before Noel. Both Demdikes and Chattox were by now blind and in their 80s, and both provided Neil with damning confessions. Demdike claimed that she had given her soul to the devil 20 years previously, and Chattox that she had given her soul to a thing like a Christian man, on the promise that she would not lack anything and would get any revenge she desired. Although Anne Redfern made no confessions, Demdike said that she'd seen her making clay figures. Margaret Crook, another witness seen by Newell that day, claimed her brother had fallen sick and died after having a disagreement with Redfern, and that she had frequently blamed her for his illness. Based on the evidence and confessions he had obtained, Newell committed Demdike, Chattox and Redfern to Lancashire Gallows to be tried for Melphysium or causing harm by witchcraft at the next Aziz. You see, the story would have ended there if it hadn't been for the meeting held at Malkin Tower by James Device, who was Alison's brother, for which he had stolen a neighbour's sheep. Though sympathetic to the family attended, but word reached the judge who felt compelled to investigate. On the 27th of April 1612, an inquiry was held by Noel and another magistrate, Nicholas Bannister, to determine the purpose of the meeting at Malkin Tower, who had attended, and what was happening there. As a result of the inquiry, eight more people were accused of witchcraft and committed to trial. Elizabeth Device, James Device, Alison Nutter, Catherine Hewitt, John Bullock, Jane Bullock, Alison Gray and Jeanette Preston. But Preston lived across the border in Yorkshire, so she was sent to trial at Yorker's ears. The others were sent to Lancashire Gallows to join the floor already in prison there. Malkin Tower is believed to have been near the village of Newchurch in Pendle, or possibly in Belco, on the site of the present-day Malkin Tower farm, but this had been demolished soon after the trials. The trials were held at Lancaster between the 17th and the 19th of August 1612. The Pendle witches were tried in a group that also included the Soundsbury witches, who were Jane Southworth, Jeanette Briley and Ellen Briley whose charges brought against them were child murder and cannibalism. Margaret Pearson, the so-called Paddingham witch, who faced her third trial for witchcraft, this time for killing a horse, and Isabel Roby from Windle, accused of using witchcraft to cause sickness. As for the Pendle witches, Old Demdike never reached trial. The dark and dank dungeons in which they were imprisoned were too much for her to survive. Nine-year-old Jeanette Device was a key supplier of evidence for the Pendle Witch Trials, which was allowed under the system of King James. All normal rules of evidence could be suspended for the Witch Trials. Someone so young would not have been able to supply key evidence normally. Jeanette gave evidence against those who attended the meeting at Malkin Tower, but also against her old mother, sister and brother. When she gave evidence against Elizabeth, which was her mother, Elizabeth had to be removed from the cart, screaming and cursing her daughter. Some of the Pendle witches seemed to be genuinely convinced of their guilt, whereas others fought to clear their names. 
Alison Device was one of those who believed in her own powers, and was also the only one on trial who was faced with one of their victims, John Laws. When John entered the court, it is documented that Alison fell to her knees, confessed and burst into tears. Nine of the accused, Alison Device, Elizabeth Device, James Device, Anne Whittle, Anne Redfern, Alice Nutter, Catherine Hewitt, John Bullock and Jane Bullock, were all found guilty during their two-day trial and hanged at Gallows Hill in Lancaster on the 20th of August 1612. Elizabeth Southern died while awaiting trial. Only one of the accused, Alice Gray, was found not guilty. Well, there you go, the Pendle Witch Trials. It seems to be a range of exceptional circumstances that led to the extent of these witch trials. Indeed, Lancashire was exceptional in the number of witch trials that were held here in comparison to the other regions who experienced the same degree of social depravity. The money that could be made from claiming powers in witchcraft in the 17th century probably caused the declaration made by the two families. They may have been in competition for the best reputation in the area. Obviously, this backfired and wild accusations escalated, fueled by general feelings of unrest and fear of witchcraft across the country making this the biggest and most notorious witch trial. Also, England was such a basket case at the time, all caused by Henry VIII and his selfish change to Protestantism, and then his daughter's apparent hatred for Catholics. It seems utterly preposterous nowadays to think people were hung or burnt at the stake for practising witchcraft, but back then, it was a real fear. I say nowadays... Some people in Africa and the Middle East are still put to death for this nonsense, but enough said about that. Anyway, if you like the episode, please drop us a review. It really helps the podcast out. Currently, I have four, from my brother, my missus and my mum, which doesn't really count, and one bad one. So I would love to get more to see what you like and dislike about the show. If you think friends and family may like this, share it with them. Links to TikTok, YouTube, Insta and the show email are below. If you've been listening for a while, why don't you subscribe? Please do it, so then you never miss an episode. So with all that out the way, have a happy Halloween. Please join me for episode 21 and more dark history.